Hey guys, this is Bruce. Welcome to Combo Courses Podcast. And today I had something I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I get a lot of questions about getting uh, certifications and getting into IT and stuff like that. And um, just want to let you in on a little secret of how I've been able to do it. So what I've done is I focused on the orchard rather than the, the fruits of my labor. And what I want to, what I mean to say by that is that um, I'm not trying to tell you not to enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? I'm not trying to tell you not to get a certification. I'm not telling you not to get a degree or anything like that. But what I'm, what I mean to say is, um, is that the fruits, there's a saying, the fruit derived from labor is the sweetest of pleasures, right? There's nothing like it. You work really hard for something and then you get it. Like that's like you're uh you you're getting a degree, you worked really hard for that degree, you worked really hard for that certification, and then you got it. And that's great. But what I'm telling you is that your labor should be focused on the orchard, the thing that got you the fruit in the first place. Uh one great book that I read from uh James Cleary. It's called Atomic Habits. Now, if you're a goal-oriented person, if you're somebody who focuses on getting things done, then you should definitely read this book called Atomic Habits. And one of the things he said was, uh, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And think about that. So what that means is, what that means is that you're going for your goal and, uh, you know, you not nine out of ten. If you work really hard, you can get the, you can get to that goal. But sometimes you're not motivated. You had a bad day. You forget about it. Like think about all the times that you you start a goal in the beginning of the year, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm New Year's resolution. I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, right? And then you focus on that on that thing on that goal, and then you kind of like after three months, two months, you're like you forget all about it because something else, life happens. So if you focus on the system, on a system, a process of actually getting goals, you you are basically developing a habit that you need to get not only that one goal of a certification or losing weight or whatever it is, spending time with your kids, whatever it is, you, you have a system in place to get you to a certain level. And so that book, Atomic Habits, talks about you establishing a system that gets you at some level close to that goal and get you a positive habit. And that's what I'm saying. If you focus on the orchard and in our case, in our industry doing cybersecurity, the focus is on learning the knowledge, not just the certification. The certification is fine. I'm not telling you not to get one. I'm not telling you not to get a degree. What I'm telling you is it's more important that you learn the fundamentals of networking, the fundamentals of cloud uh, technology, the fundamentals of information technology for computers, uh, how computers work. If you learn those things, not only can you get that certification you're going for, but you you can get several certifications because you'll have the knowledge. You'll have more confidence putting it on your resume and then going to an interview and knocking that out the park. The most important thing is to focus on a system to get you there. Focus on the orchard, on your path there. Focus on the path forward. And if you do that, you not only will you have the fruits of your labor, but you'll have many fruits because that's what you've been focused on. One of the things that I've noticed is that in, in doing this is that, and I'm, I'm sure that you've heard, heard this before, is that 80% of the results in your life, 80% of everything that you do 
comes from only 20 percent of what you of what you've been doing. So if you focus on the path forward, if you focus on the system and the process on the orchard, if you focus on tending to that orchard that gives you the fruits, you start to realize that you're really good at certain things. And those those that 20 percent is giving you 80 percent of all of the results. So a couple of the it's called the Pareto rule uh, principle, 80, 80, 20 rule. So it maintains that 80 percent of the outcomes uh, come from 20 percent of the causes. And once you start to prioritize the actual 20 percent, you start to reap all of these new rewards and you discover that stuff when you start to focus on the actual work, on the actual work that you put forward rather than just focusing on the prize. You know, so that's just one thing to think about on your on your path to getting a, a an A plus certification or a Security Plus or CISSP. I'm not telling you not to get the certification. Definitely get it. I'm not telling you not to get a degree or whatever. Definitely, but your focus should be on the actual know, knowing the knowledge, knowing how IT works, how systems work, how networking work, and then it just opens up a bunch of doors. That's kind of what happened to me. So I focused on actually getting the knowledge. I, I've sought out mentors at my job, right? And I'm, this is not an endorsement. I'm not telling you, oh, be my, I'm going to be your mentor. I do not have time for it, to be honest with you. I have a full-time job. <laughs> I have a full-time job. I'm a single parent. I do not have time to be a mentor right now. I need to take that shit off my resume. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, I need to take it off of my, off of my, um, uh, off my page. But anyway, so I'm just telling you, like, Focus on the orchard, focus on the path, and then a, a lot of other things will come to you. All right. So I'm going to focus today on questions and uh, on chat and all that kind of stuff. I got Tom. How you doing, Tom? Good to see you again. He says, I like Take the Stairs by Roy, 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 Rory Vanden. Take the Stairs. That's right. Like, there's no shortcuts. You're right. Like you have to learn. Everybody has to learn it. Don't don't take shortcuts. It, if you if you don't take shortcuts, if you do the hard work, many other things start to come to you because you become the prize. That's really the secret. Like if you put in that work, if, if you put the focus on the grind, on the on the actual path, you start to prioritize the things that you're good at and the things that give you the most uh, the most outcome. You focus on those things. Wow, what an eye opener it's been for me the last the last uh, year and a half or so. It's really opened up my eyes. Uh, Brandon, how you doing, man? Uh, we got some people here on TikTok. I'm gonna really try to stay up on TikTok this time. So, uh, somebody said, if you have a Security Plus, a Network Plus, a, an A Plus, a, a SYA Plus, where can you apply for government jobs? I have no military background, so. You don't have to have a military background. It does. It's very helpful to have one, but you don't have to have one. As a matter of fact, they don't really have enough people to do this work. So they're looking. So government jobs. One of the places you can go is called usajobs.com. That's one place. But a lot of government jobs are also on Indeed, on LinkedIn, on uh, Monster, on Dice. You want to put yourself on all those. But USA Jobs has a lot of GS positions is what they're called. So. And there's also contracting positions. So there's two different kinds. There's two different paths for the government. So one is actually you're working directly for the government. It's called a GS position or military. It's either military, active duty, 
or you can also do reservist or guard or something like that. And you're literally in the military and have to do all military protocol. Then you have what we call them, the mil we call them uh, civil servants and civil servants. They work directly for the military or for the FDA or for the whoever, the State Department, whoever. And but they're not military, but they're paid directly from the the mili the uh, federal uh, government. And, it's, and then there's another one where it's your contractor and you work for a company who has a large contract with the FDA, with the DEA, with the Department of Homeland Security or whatever organization. So there's those two paths. And so your question was, how do you apply for government jobs? I put my resume on all those places. What you need to do is focus on the key words that those government jobs and positions are looking for. If you do that, they'll find you. Brandon says, um, you can apply anywhere. Do you have, uh, you can apply anywhere. Do you have a resume? Do you have an experience? Yeah, Brandon, Brandon's got it right. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You can apply anywhere. If you apply, if you put your resume everywhere, they will find you. So, so do that. Let me see. Oh man, you have, oh man, you have been mentoring us all day in the, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you for, thanks for watching. I appreciate you. Um, sh should I major in cybersecurity or cloud computing? Um, it depends on what you're good at. I would say like whatever you're good at, I would focus on it. If you, if you have a, if you have a talent for cybersecurity somehow, just kind of just clicking, then do that. If you have a talent for cloud technology and cloud computing and just picking it up, then just do that. Like if you watch, you're watching videos and it just makes sense to you. It just, you just, you just get it. It just clicks. Or if you start uh, taking lessons, go online and find some lessons or read a book on it, right? Read, read. I would suggest you do this. Read, not just watch a video. You can do that first, but I'm telling you, take a book and actually read. You can get a ton of free stuff off the internet, free books, and then start reading it. If after two chapters, you're like, this makes sense and something just clicks, you, you might have a talent for that thing. And I would say go for whatever you have talent in and focus on that. But as far as a career move, both of those are real hot right now. One of the things I would encourage people to do is to is to uh, have knowledge of both. But if you're talking about a major, um, it depends on the curriculum of the school. Like there's some schools that their cybersecurity program is more robust and they will not only get you a degree, but they'll also give you a certification when you're on your way out. So if, if they have something like that, I'd probably do that one. And then, But there's cloud curriculums, too, in the school that might have the same thing. Just get something that is going to give you the best um, bang for your buck, for lack of a better term. So when you get out, like you have a certification, you have a degree, you have, you know, uh, whatever. So that, that's what I would do if I were you. I would look at the both curriculums and then be like, OK, this one, when I get out of this for this, for a bat an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in this one, I'm going to have this certification and this certification and then research that certification, right? Because you don't want no BS certification that they're given. You want something that's very marketable. Like if, if they're giving security plus after you get out, um, then that that's really good, you know. All right. Next question. What if you don't have you don't want a government job, but you still like to work in computer science, CS? Um, yeah, there's tons of jobs for us. There's tons of CS jobs that are not government-based. Uh, I would, um, there, there's so many jobs out there. 
uh, that are non-government jobs. So you don't have to like see computer. Cybersecurity is not going to uh, doesn't mean government doesn't mean a clearance doesn't mean like there's a misconception about it. That's a lot of people have, you know, cybersecurity. There's a lot of great cybersecurity jobs where they're in the government, but there's uh, some of the best jobs I've worked. The one job I had at Verizon. That was one of the best jobs I've ever had, paid the best, had the best benefits, had really smart people. Their program was actually pretty dope, but um, it was better than a lot of contracting positions I've held. And and that one, you know, so that was a computer security job. Somebody said, how are you, Bruce? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Not bad. Can't complain. Tom says on YouTube says, I always suggest that people, for people to network on LinkedIn with more companies, with those companies. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Josh on YouTube says, the company, the company I'm at is prepping to stand up a Cipernet. I'm told <laughs> I'll be the ISO. Should I stand on, uh, should I stand on the NIST RMF or 800 uh, one, one, 171. So that would be, I can tell you all about this, my man. Oh, and Tom, Tom is, is already, he's already on it. So Tom says, depends on the knowledge of NIST 853, NIST 837. Uh, and um, you know that uh, that's, uh, you know about DISA and D-A-A-M-P-M. Uh, yeah, Tom knows what he's talking about. So I would I would say if they're doing a CIPRNET, it's going to be NIST, NIST 837, the process. That's what the government's going to use to do that process. They they name it different things. Like in the Army, you're going to read a, a document called the AR-25, but the, the Air Force has their own version, and then the Marines and Navy also have their own, and then D-A-D. DHA, uh, DHS, and all of them, all of them have their own, like they have like a temp of uh, a policy. All those policies are based off NIST 837 and NIST 853. So you should do risk management framework. So if you, if you understand that, then it doesn't matter what they call it. You'll be like, ah, okay. I know what this is, right? It's, it's going to be the same flavor, uh, but they're going to put their own brand on it with different names and different acronyms. So yeah, I would I would definitely I agree with Tom. Uh, NIST eight hundred fifty three, NIST eight hundred thirty seven, NIST uh, eight hundred one seventy one is for CMMC type stuff. That's for like if you are in an organization that is not directly. And let me see if I'm reading your question. The company um, is prepping for a Cipernet. Um, so. If they're doing okay, all right, okay. Let me see. So if they're doing um, CMMC, I believe it's called, which is a, it's like a third party organization that's supplying, say, tires to the Department of Defense or something, and they 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 don't have a federal system. They have a a system that has to receive data or process some data from the federal government and then like creating tires or designs for the government they their system has to have a certain level of uh of of security on it and it's called uh 171 or cmmc so i would say do a little bit more research and see which one it is but if it's cipernet i believe that's that's going to be nist uh, 837 
and 853, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, let me see. Do do you recommend joining the Air National Guard to learn cybersecurity? Um, I would say I would say if you're going to go into the military, this is just my two cents, and I'm not I'm not trying to be anti-military or anything. I'm just going to give you a very balanced understanding of it because this is this is coming from somebody who was in the military for eight years and went to a couple combat zones and saw the very good and the very bad about the military. I would not go into the military for one thing. Don't go into it for just patriotism. OK, because you're going to be you're going to be greatly disappointed. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin the surprise for you, but you're going to be disappointed if you're going in for patriotism. Don't go in for just um, college. Don't go in for just travel. If you have two or three of those things, then do it. If you have no other options in life, you don't have a family that's going to give you money. You come from a very poor background. You come from, you don't, there's no way you're going to be able to afford college. You didn't do that well, so you can't get a scholarship. You, you're a high school dropout. You don't have no, this is me. I'm describing myself. If that is you, then go into the military and you're, it's going to change your life. You're going to get three meals a day. You're going to get uh, housing. You're going to get medical care, dental care, the best dental care, not in the world, but it's, it's going to be free. You know, you're not you're not going to pay out of pocket a lot. So if you have no other options then yes, but if you have other options, probably exercise those options first. And if you if you're like, man, I really want to go in the military, regardless of your middle class or rich or whatever, then go for two out of the three reasons. Don't don't go for just one thing because you're going to be very greatly disappointed if it's one thing. That's just my two cents. That's just my opinion. Uh, let me see. I like two fish says. um, I got your book, RMF. I love it. Oh, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, man. It's my 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 great pleasure and passion to write. And if you guys are interested in that, go to ConvoCourses.net. I've got some huge discounts on books that are downloadable. If you want the print version, you can go to Barnes & Noble. You can go to um, uh, Amazon. You can go to, I don't know, I have it almost everywhere except Google. I, I haven't posted on Google yet. But um, it's all out there. I really appreciate it. It's writing is really something I like to do. Now, if you're interested in future books that I have, I give these books out for free. When I initially come out with a book, I want reviews. So I give it out for free. So get on my newsletter, ComboCourses.net to get on my newsletter. OK, go sign up, get some free stuff, and then it'll get you on my newsletter. And then when I this I've got a book coming out real soon and I'm going to give it out for free in exchange for you guys giving me well, hoping that you guys will give me a review, a positive review hopefully <laughs> on Amazon because that's how I get my sales on Amazon. All right. Let me see. Um, do you recommend? Okay. Air National Guard. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Um, would you say CompTIA Security Plus and uh, Network Plus are better to start with before the A plus? So it, it goes like this. CompTIA A plus if you know nothing, if you know absolutely, if you if you load less than nothing and you just woke up out of a coma and you know anything and you're you're starting off in the you're in the 20th century still, you you literally don't even know what a computer is. You don't own a you don't own a smartphone. Then then take the CompTIA uh, ITFS. It's called Information Technology Fundamentals. It's it's absolutely the most basic thing you can do. Uh, and then <laughs> now, if you if that's not you, like you're not in the Stone Age, 
you're a computer person, you know computers, you're, you're familiar with them and stuff, but you just want to get in this field, but you've been, you have never worked in this field before. So you don't even know where to start. CompTIA A+. Now, if you're already in this field or you happen to be a geek, you're a hardcore gamer, you built your own system, you are a programmer, you taught yourself to program or you did a little bit in school, you just, you just picked it up and you just know how to do it. Or maybe you have a couple years under your belt as an IT pro professional. That, that means you should probably do Security Plus. Um, and before Security Plus, if you're kind of in the middle, like you, you have some knowledge of IT, but you, you just really are just fresh at this, then it's going to be A+. Plus. It's like a spectrum. So it goes going to go, it's going to go uh, CompTIA a, uh, ITFS, if you're, you really don't know anything. And then if you know some stuff, but you kind of like want to, you just don't know the landscape of it and you want to learn more, computer uh, CompTIA A+. Plus. Then if you are an IT professional, you've already been doing this for about a year, but you're trying to level up, and, and you're try, tired of being on the help desk and you're done with it and you want to make more money, Security Plus, very marketable uh, certification. Then if you are have had you have you have your Security Plus, you you are you are not new to this. You've been doing it for a few years. You want to really level up. Then you could probably do something like the CYSA Plus or the ISC2 Square um, GRC certification or you could do a uh, CASP. One of those, because now you're trying to specialize in one thing. Another thing you could do is a CEH. If you're trying to specialize now, once you get the security plus and you've been doing it for a while, now what you want to do is specialize in one thing. And that's where the real money comes in. When you actually do specializations, be that uh, programming or a red hat guy, or if you are a, 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 a somebody like me is doing compliance. So it just depends on what you're trying to do. All right, let me go to the bottom of this. Let me see if I can. Uh, let me see. How about the pen, pen test plus? I don't know anything about the pen test plus. I don't know anybody who's taking it. Anybody who's taking it. Does anybody here who follows me, do you guys are who's on here right now, have you taken the pen test plus? I'm talking to people on Facebook, on YouTube, on TikTok. Has anybody taken it? I don't know anybody who's taken it or I've never talked to anybody who has who has it. But if you guys have it, I'll talk about it right here and I'll, I'll um, cite what you're what you're saying. Um, I have a problem. I'm having a problem trying to find the link to click on the join uh, mailing list. Can. Oh, OK, OK. Um, mention how to find it or operator error on my part. No, it's, that's me, man. I should probably have something a little bit more. Um, clear about how to get there so what you could do tom a little hack is to just go ahead and go to go to a matter of fact let me just show you because everybody who buys my stuff or gets some free downloads free stuff is automatically joining my it's put on my list i do free jobs on my not free jobs i do i post jobs on my list i get in jobs like every Every day I get jobs and I can't do all these jobs. Here, let me actually let me switch the screen for. Uh... OK, this is comp. This is um, man. Why am I freaking all over the place? I sound like Elon Musk stuttering and shit. <laughs> you know, that dude, he's a brilliant dude, but man, he stutters a lot anyway. So this is. um. <laughs> 
ConvoCourses.net. And it's walking. I get people who want a free resume, a free template. So you might not want any of this. You just want to get on my, my mailing list. So what you could do is just go to go to my resumes. OK, go down. There's tons of very cheap stuff here, discounts. And then just download this. Right. You might not. You're, maybe you already have this. But when you go here, <clears throat> sign up for free, you'll download it. But it also puts you on my mailing list. So that's that's how you do it. And I. That's a great point, Tom. What I should do is just make a button so that anybody can just go to my mailing list because the mailing list is actually fire because I'm 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 actually posting jobs there and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll fix that, Tom. I'll make a note for myself and do that. I will make a note for myself and I will do that. But thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for that, Tom. Let me see who else we got here. What's your job title, bro? That's a great question. I love that question. So I am an information system security officer at a at a federal organization. I don't really want to talk about it just yet. Maybe when I leave, <laughs> which might be soon, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> yeah. So what do I do? Um, mostly it's continuous monitoring, which means like we're monitoring uh, the security features of the of the system. Like we have 26,000 some odd systems. Right. And we're constantly looking at the logs to make sure if there's any suspicious things going on. Mainly there's another department that does that. My main job is like doing a plan of action of milestones, tracking them. Like if we, there's something that some something we couldn't fix immediately then we have to say okay how can we fix this what do we need to do to fix this thing what was the root cause for this issue that's happened on these 25 systems or whatever it is it, it's a whole bunch of stuff like that it's a lot of meetings it's like a lot of the only technical stuff i really have to know is i got to know a little bit of of um of um what do you call security um information event manager commands i've got to know a little bit of uh, tenable that's a scanner I've got to I know I got to know a little bit of Exonius and some other systems that we use to like parse all this data that's coming in. So that's that's kind of what I do. Um, is it like being an ism for and doing risk management framework stuff? Is it like is it kind of like being an information and system security manager and doing risk management framework stuff? So, a, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. It's somewhere like the stuff I'm doing is somewhere in between an information system security officer and an information system security manager. I, I would say it's more of an officer type position because in, information system security managers, mostly they're managing other ISOs. And I'm not really, I'm not really doing that at this time, but they're talking about, yeah, you're going to be, and I don't want to do any of that, to be honest with you. I just want to do my job. So I'm not going to say that because they're like, Oh, you know, you're not a company guy or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what these guys, I'm just going to do my best. Um, did you go to college? Yes, I did. So my my is my history is I dropped out of high school. I'm not proud to say that, but I just want you anybody who's going through the same thing I went through. I want you to know that there's hope. You know, I'm I'm working from home, making over six figures, but I was a high school dropout. You know, um, <clears throat> the reasons why at this point are irrelevant. You know, um, I don't recommend anybody drop out of high school. It was much harder. You know, life was a lot harder for me after that. But I'm, what I'm saying is that there's hope for you, even if you didn't, you know, go to the normal 
track. So what I did was I dropped out of high school. I had no, like, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. Right. I was a smart kid, but there was just a lot going on at the time. So I hadn't, I was working a job. I went, I went to community college, you know, cause that was still an option. I took my GED. Right. And it was super easy. I was like, wow. After I took the GED and, and smoked it, I was like, wow, I really wasted. This was a waste. I shouldn't have done this. I realized I made a mistake. Like my counselors were telling me before I dropped out. <laughs> I was a, I, I was like one of those know-it-all kids. I know everything, right? Anyway, so then I, I realized I'm out of options and I went to the military. And uh, military ended up being a blessing and a curse. Um, I would say mostly a blessing because uh, it taught me several different marketable skills before I got out. I, I ended up getting a degree, two degrees before I got out. I mean, I had so much hustle there and um i got a bunch of certifications before i got out so that's kind of the story right there there's always hope it's not the end of the road if you drop out get a ged how many positions can you handle at once um me uh my personal for me personally just one because i'm a i'm a full-time father i got two kids that i gotta take care of and i'm by myself you know, in this and um, right now I can only handle one. I, I've I've had situations where I would do like a part time job if they can handle me just working on the weekends or something like that. And I'm just writing some stuff for them, you know, which is very easy for me. Then like a full time and a part time is what I could do right now. I've done more than that before, but I, I don't recommend anybody do that. Um, what's the best way to ace the cybersecurity interview? That's a great question. The best way, listen to listen to me, guys. I'm about to get you put you on some serious game. This is my one of my best skills is the interview. The resume and the interview is one of my best skills. It's just because I've done it so many times. So what you do is you get their job description. Remember, you're interviewing them. You got to keep that in mind. You might not want to work there. So what you do is you take their job description, all their qualifications, all of the things that they preferred that you have, you read through it thoroughly. Then what you do is you practice those questions. You, you come up with questions that, that they will possibly ask you and you rehearse it. If, if nothing else, you can film yourself. You can film yourself going through the questions and then... Um, Watch yourself. Watch how you speak as you're going through it. And here's another crazy trick I'm, gonna, I'm about to show you guys live. I don't know how this is going to go, so bear with me. So this is ChatGPT. Watch this. This is another little trick. This is ChatGPT. What you can do is, is do this. We can go to, let's go to Indeed.com. And let's say that you had, let's look for a job. Let's look for a cyber Security job. Cybersecurity. Did I spell that right? No, I didn't. Okay. Cybersecurity job. Let's just get look for any random job, right? They'll say it's data forensics. Watch this. So now I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take all their qualifications. I, some of you guys already know what I'm about to do. Oh no, this is not a good one because they're not explaining the job. We need something that somebody's gonna explain the job. Um uh, here we go. Here we go. So what basic qualifications? Look at this. Desired skills, qualifications. I'm going to take all of this and I'm going to copy it. Now I'm going to go to chat GPT. 
and I'm going to type in um, create an interview for me as a mid create an interview act as a mid-level manager now we could also say a technical manager a technical person the questions should be based on the following now we're going to paste that job here now watch this it's going to come up with questions that's going to it's going to ask us so you could literally go through and rehearse based off of these questions right here so the first question is can you please confirm that you hold a ds uh, 8570 baseline uh, certification and specify which one is it security plus a ceh blah 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 that you possess the next question um, do you currently have an active security clearance these are all stuff that's coming directly from yeah wow crazy right so what you do next is you just rehearse these questions this this is how i've been able to ace not this is before, I mean, I've been doing this before AI, obviously, before this. It has more and more questions. Look at this. You can also do this with a resume, by the way. Times are changing. Somebody said that um, it's not going to be AI that takes your job. It's going to be somebody who had who knows how to use AI that takes your job. That's true. Learn AI. This is a learn it this is not a fad this is not going anywhere this absolutely annihilates google it's so much so that google's scrambling to catch up anyway that's what you do if you want like you practice the questions it's still writing questions by the way <laughs> so you practice the questions over and over again before the interview record yourself doing it and so that you can get it down like it, it'll flow like water i guarantee you the stuff that's on your resume and the stuff that's in there um, the stuff that's in there in your resume and the stuff that is in their job description is what they're going to ask you. So you just need to be like this, like you practice it to the point where when you're, it's just flowing off the tongue, right? Just like, it's like music. It feels like you're in the, you're in a rhythm. You're in a, you might be nervous, but you've got a rhythm that just comes, it just comes right, it flows out of you because you've already rehearsed it several times. That's how you pass an interview. Any interview, by the way. Um, let me see. Did you make a decision about the resumes? I purchased a resume profile review. I'm in no rush. I have time. Uh, yeah, I did get your uh, your resume. I will be looking at it. Um, I'm gonna start on it today, and um, I I've made a decision. I'm gonna do it. I just. I need to tighten it up, right? So this is an opportunity for me to actually practice on this and get like a process that that works for for anybody who purchases it. Um, so yeah, so I I without I don't want to talk too much about it because I get a hundred people trying to get me to do their resume and I, I don't have time for that right now. So I'm gonna this is a great opportunity for for me to work with you and see see where we go from it. So far. My man Joe is is already getting jobs. I'm I'm blown away, man. I'm so excited for him. I'm so excited for what he's about to do because it's already working. 
And this is, I know it works because this is what I've been doing for myself for years. And now, wow, I'm blown away, man. I'm blown away. I mean, I shouldn't be. I've been doing this for years. So, you know, it obviously works. Um, what's your opinion on government contracting? Uh, can you name some good non-political, no BS companies? Uh, so for me, Lynette, um, I don't get into politics at all. Like for me, it's just I feel like I, I feel like I'm a contractor. I'm coming in there to do somebody's drywall, fix somebody's pipes. I'm not there to play. I'll play their games, but I'm not. I don't participate in any kind of political stuff whatsoever. As far as the it, it so it, that being said, it doesn't matter what company I go to because I do not care what their leanings are. I, it could be far left or far right or somewhere in the middle. I don't care. Because I'm there to do a job and get a check. And I, I leave, I check everything at the door. I remember I, I talked to my mom so many times. She was so stressed out about all this racial stuff that's going on and all this political stuff in her environment. And I just told mom, I said, mom, like, who gives a damn what these people think? Who, who cares? Like, these are not people that you're going to live with. Like, you're just there to do a job. And she was like, but they said this and this, this happened. And I was like, mom. You know, I just told her, like, I really don't like I told her some stuff that happened to me at the job. I'm like, I don't give a damn what these people think. I'm, I know this sounds cold and, and stuff, but listen, I'm there to do a job. That's it. I'm not there to do politics. I'm not there to make friends. I'm not. I'm there to get a check. So I don't care what they think. As long as they pay me, I'll sweep the damn like pay me what I'm pay me. And then you, you guys want me to sweep the floors? Just pay me 130 and we're good. I'll sweep your floors. You know what I'm saying? Then I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my business because I'm trying to get this is a means to an end for me. I'm not trying to get clout. I'm not trying to get extra authority and feel good about myself at a job. It's a job for me. Right. So anyway, off my soapbox, somebody's and then you ask, uh, what's your opinion about government contracting? And can I name some good ones there, there for me? They're all good. The opportunity is what I focus on. I don't focus on the brand name. I was. I remember. I was so excited to work for NASA. I was so excited, and I got there, and I and I was, I was kind of disappointed, you know. <laughs> I was kind of like, really, like, damn, you know, man, don't meet your heroes, man. Don't meet your heroes, boy, oh boy. Anyway, so yeah, I don't care about the organization or the company. For me, I just focus on the on the opportunity. Um, are they what what companies are good? I mean, probably the small and medium ones are the best, I would say. That that'd probably be my bias. Usually those ones are right down the business and, and there's no there's less you're less of a number and they treat you more like a person. Just my two cents. Can you get into cybersecurity coming from a health desk technician? Yes, absolutely. Let me show you how. So here's what you do right here. This is, I mean, I'm telling you, this is this is how you do it right here. So what you want to do is you want to take your resume and there's certain things they want to see. There's certain keywords and there's certain skill sets that they want to see. And so here's just one of the places that you can go to to, um, to get yourself to tighten up your resume. All right. So what I'm about to show you on the screen here is something called a CI at this is just one of the places you can go to to get the this information. Actually, it's not a good copy. Ah, there's a better one. Okay, here we go. Let me switch the screen here real quick. If I can. 
So if you've done any of these things before, you got to put it on your resume. So let me give you an example. So if you've ever done uh, turned on encryption, data protection, um, if you've ever turned on audit logs, you've got to put that on your resume. How many systems did you affect? What do you what was your impact to the organization? If you've ever done data recovery, you know, you've had to, the system went down, you had to do a restore a backup. Um, that's also uh, cybersecurity. Um, and if you've ever had to teach somebody in the organization about um, phishing attacks, like you want to put that on your resume. Um, right there. Um, incident response. If you've ever had an incident where somebody clicked on something and then it it um, it blew up a system, you know, and how did you guys respond? You want to put that. These are also key words, by the way. If you put this stuff on your resume, this is the stuff employers are looking for when they're looking for cyber security people. And a lot of times people contact me and say, Bruce, you know, I've been working for five years. I'm on a help desk. I'm not making enough money. Like, why am I stuck? And the reason why is because their resume. Because I'm telling you right now, they're looking for people, right? I mean, I'm telling you, I'm overworked. I, I, with all this stuff that's going on with the economy, and I, I, I'm definitely getting less than I normally get as far as opportunities. But I'm still getting them. I still get like three or four a day. I used to get like 20 a day. But now it's still like three or four a day that I'm getting all these people asking me remote jobs, doing cybersecurity. They're looking for people like you. But they don't know where to find you. So what you got to do is tighten up your resume. You got to put the keywords because that's what they do. They go to LinkedIn. These recruiters, what they do is they go to LinkedIn. They go to uh, ZipRecruiter. Zip they go to Career Builder. They go to name your favorite, dice.com, whatever. And then they type in, okay, my employer wants uh, somebody who knows NIST 800. My employer wants somebody who knows email and browser protection. My employer wants somebody who knows access control management. My employer wants somebody who does audit law. These recruiters, all they have is a list of things that they that the that the actual client wants them to do, wants they, them to look for. And then they just, they don't know this stuff. They go in there and they type it in there into LinkedIn or Indeed or whatever. And then, then that's when they're supposed to find you. If you tighten up your resume, you put those keywords on there, they will find you. That's the name of the game. Put that stuff on your resume. Put it out there. You, you don't want to just go on Dice, okay? You don't want to just go on LinkedIn, right? My best stuff comes from monster.com. So yours might be different. Like when you put your resume, for whatever reason, the 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 algorithm gods will might favor your resume on ZipRecruiter. That's why I say you got to put it on multiple platforms. You got to put it on LinkedIn, on Dice, on all the top 20, I would say, all the top 20 places, especially if you're looking for a job. The first thing you got to do is fix your resume. Now, if you don't know where to start or how to word it, you can download my resume for free. Go to ConvoCourses.net, link in description, link in bio, ConvoCourses.net. Look for resumes. Go download my free resume. It's my actual resume that I've used to get my last five jobs. And then use that as a template. Don't copy it word for word, obviously, right? Just look at how I worded it. Look at my keywords. Look at how I put it together because that shit works. And then what you want to do if you want more keywords, go to LinkedIn.com and then look for people. Link, Yeah, link, go to LinkedIn. Look for people that are, have a cybersecurity position search people don't search jobs search people look for people who put their whole resume and look for the keywords there right you're you're on a hunt for keywords that you want to put in your resume now if you don't have um, a comptia a plus or a comptia security plus i should say comptia security plus you can say comptia security plus in progress 
Put that on your resume because they're looking for security pluses. I hope that answers your question. Somebody said, I'm having trouble concentrating and studying for the security plus. Any tips? Um, take a take yourself about 30 minutes a day. Start with 30 minutes. You want to get to about an hour or two per day, but start with 30 minutes and turn off your phone. Turn off, get a book. Get a book and then uh, turn off your phone. Don't watch videos. Just go through the book and then word for word, read it and then take notes on it. If it's going to feel like you're being tortured because it's going to be so boring. But what you want to do is get yourself in a rhythm to where you're doing. Now, everybody learns differently. So you, if you're an auditory learner, I guess, let me back up. So first of all, how you learn. You need to know how you learn. Like for me, I'm a tactile learner. That means if I'm doing something, I learn it like it's like playing music. It's crazy. Like if I if I if I write it down, I kind of I pretty much have it. If it's a concept, I pretty much know it. Like it's not going to leave my head. But if it some things I'm very very weak on, you know. But you got to know your strengths and weaknesses. There's different types of learners. There's audio learners, there's vis visual learners, and then there's tactile or kinetic learners. People who learn by doing or writing or whatever. Whichever way that you learn the best, that's the, that's the type, that's the place that you could you focus on. If you an audio, if you're one of those people, this is amazing to me. But people can just listen to a lecture and then they got it. To me, I'm like, damn, how do you do that? I can't. I can't do that. That's not how I process information. Learn your best way of learn, doing learning. And then once you learn that, whether it's audio, visual, or, or kin, a kinetic, or writing, or whatever, tactile, focus on that one thing, but take an hour and a half, or an, uh, start off with a hour, half an hour. Start off with half an hour, and then just do nothing else but study. Turn off your phone, put your phone in another room, turn on an alarm clock for 30 minutes, and do nothing but study that material. And then what you want to do is learn it to where you can explain it to your mom or your dad or somebody, an older person, a boomer who doesn't know technology. If you can explain it to them in a way that makes sense, right, then you understand it. If you can explain it to your peer, if you can explain it to another technical person, if you can explain it in your own words to someone else, then you got it. That's when you know you got it because you can paraphrase it and you not only you, you more than understand it, you got it. Okay, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to YouTube. And okay, Tom says, uh, this was a good question. <laughs> this was a good question for Jack Chappie GPT. Top 20 situational best uh based questions for a large company. Oh man, that's that's a great that's a great prompt. So Tom on YouTube just gave us a great prompt that you could use for chat GPT. So Chat GPT, you go there and the, the prompt is top 20 situational based questions for a large company. And then it'll just shoot out a bunch of questions that you might get. And then another thing you can do is be specific. Like, let's say you want to work for Ernst & Young or you want to work for Google or not a good idea right now. But if you want to work for <laughs> the federal government, what's the top 20 questions for? You can be very specific. The more specific you are with Chat GPT. Um, the better response it gives you. Okay, another one from YouTube. Somebody said, I see a lot of my peers working nights and weekends. Is this normal behavior in this field? I can see it being important 
uh, when studying for search. Other than that, did I miss did I miss a meeting? Um, you're talking about cybersecurity. Um, I, I could tell you from my own personal experience, Lynette, um, I'm also tempted to work um, nights and weekends. I think it's because I'm very much engaged in the work. There's a certain rhythm that happens in IT that you want to get. There's this feeling of accomplishment. I, I think this is what it is. You're on a team and you guys have a mission and it's very clear. The, the, the goals are very clear and there's something about getting it done that's has it gives you the certain satisfaction when it's actually complete. And I think that people pursue that feeling. This is I'm speaking from my own personal. I strive for being great in whatever I do. So when I'm working this job, I want to do well. I don't want to just do well. I want to hit a home run. And sometimes in the situation we're in right now, cybersecurity in particular, I could speak on, we don't have enough people to do the work. The only way for me to hit a home run, the only way for me to get that dopamine hit, like somebody said, is for me to work extra hours. I know what it takes. So I need to either work extra hours or the weekends. And I don't really recommend this because the organization should really hire more people. They should really hire more. So if for us to work extra hours, it's not good because basically it's telling them, hey, we don't need extra people. We got we got Bruce here. He's going to work 96 hours a week. So why do we need to hire more people? No, they need to hire more people to do that work. So it's a it's not a good practice. But what happens is I strive to be great. So I have to force myself not to work nights and weekends because I know what it takes to get the job done. But an eight hour shift is not normal, not going to do it. Not for a place I'm working at now. It's not going to do it. They need to hire more people. It's either that or I work an, a shift and a half and then I can knock more stuff out and I can get it done. That's that's what's happening with it. it it's it's purely willpower and, and people need to stop doing it, to be honest with you. So they can hire more people. Um, let me see. I'll be in the Air Force cybersecurity soon. Oh man, congrats, man. That's a great, that's a great uh path for you. It's a great path. Cybersecurity in the in the military is how I is how I um got in there. And um the the learn the stuff you're gonna learn there, you can't learn in any other industry. I'll tell you this: there's not many industries that have the level of threats and the level of vulnerabilities and the level of um the breadth of knowledge that they're able to give you because it's a very large organization that's handling very important information. So you're going to be exposed to like real world stuff that not a lot of people get to see from cybersecurity threat intelligence to vulner massive vulnerabilities. Not to say that organizations don't have vulnerability. We all have, if you have windows, you have the same vulnerabilities, but if you have a thousand of them, like you have a thousand windows, eight systems, you know what I mean? Like now you got to figure out how do we fix all this stuff? So that's great. Um, you said security clearance. I'll be in the Air Force to, uh, cybersecurity soon. And oh yeah, and you also get a security clearance with some of those positions. Most people in the military have to have a security clearance. And then when you get out, you'll be, you'll be very tempted to leave early. They'll give you an opportunity to leave like after four years. And you can either re-enlist and they're going to pay you just a gigantic bonus. At least that, that, that's what they did when I was in. But there'll be so much money on the outside. You'd be like, ah. <laughs> uh, let me see. So are you a cloud analyst or a 
I'm oh sorry. Are you are you a SOC analyst or security operations center analyst or a cloud engineer? If you're asking me that question, I'm neither one of those things. I've been a security uh, an analyst before for a SOC. We call it a cybersecurity analyst. I've done that before, but right now I'm an information security officer. I knew mostly GRC stuff. So um, I, I can't really speak on cloud technology. I've not done that field, but um, I know I don't know a lot about it, to be honest with you. But SOC analyst, I could tell you a lot about that when I did that one for, for about a year and a half. Nonstop. Let me see. Thanks for all the questions, guys. I really appreciate it. Let me see if I missed any questions here. I missed a few questions. So let me go back up in, in TikTok and answer some questions. And if you're watching this and you missed this live, I do these every Saturday, 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I started doing these like daily, but on the daily ones, what I do is I'll answer just one question from comments. So if you have comments or whatever, it's great that you put them down below. And then I'll answer them like on a daily basis on these lives, on the daily lives. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking for more questions. More questions here. More questions. More questions. How do I get into, into the field with just a A-plus and ITL4? Do you have any experience? I do not. Okay. Um, so what I would do, let me see if I can show you, give you a demonstration. Here's what I would do. first of all, what you need to do is tighten up your resume. There's certain things you can do on your resume to I'm doing um, some templates. I'm creating some templates right now that give you an example of how to write your resume. If you're an entry level person, I need probably this rest of this weekend to finish it, but it'll be on my site soon. Go to sign up, go to um, keep following me. I'll be releasing it real soon. Uh, but what I'm about to show you guys is how what I would do if I had no experience right now. Like I said, you're going to have to tighten up your resume and put keywords in there. But let's say you already have a good resume. So let's say you wanted to you're going to have to work at a, a regular IT job. So let's just put IT. And then what we're going to do, we're on Indeed.com, by the way. What you're going to do is you're going to filter by both uh, date posted. It's going to be within the last 30 days. This says 14 days. So let's just do that. Location, let's remove that so it can just search any everything. And then what you're going to do is type in experience level, no experience. So there's seven jobs that don't have any experience whatsoever. And you're going to apply for all of these that you can do. Like, if, of course, it has to be in, in the vicinity of where you're at. This one's searching on Ohio. Thought I missed. I'm trying to get rid of the Ohio in there. So that's one place you can search. You want to do the same thing on Google Jobs. I'll show you that in a second. But, yeah, here's a bunch of jobs that have they don't require experience. These don't make a lot. So 
Here's an example. They don't make a lot, but they make more than your, you know, average retail jobs. But yeah, here's one right here. And uh, it's in Texas, right? So you got to put your organization, your location there. But like there, there you go right there. That's what, what you can do. And then you could also do this. Watch this. ITIL. These are people who just have ITIL with no experience. Let's make sure we put our filters back in there. 14 days. And um, let's look for, let's, what, what was it? Um, where is it? Apply experience level. Here it is right here. I'm going to search for no experience. There's four jobs that have an ITIL. Some of these are invalid. This is a senior IT, you know, specialist. Here's an entry level knock position in Florida. Some of these are going to be remote too. customer service representative. That's what I would do. Um, and you said you got a security. What was it? A plus certification. So we could also just put uh, CompTIA. You get the idea, right? So you, you don't want to just do Indeed. You want to do the same thing on a few other places. I'll show you a couple other ones in a second here. The same thing you would just say. Uh, post it in the last 14 days because you don't want something that's too old because it's probably already gone. You want something that's that's within the last 30 days at least, right? So there you go. Now there's look how many jobs there are that are there. 2000. But we want to narrow it down even further and say experience level. See that? No experience. Boom. And now let's see how many jobs are left. Let's see, it's uh 100 couple hundred jobs maybe. How many jobs? Oh, 7. Damn. <laughs> But hey, that's that's still something. And there's other places we can search. I'm going to show you those. There's one. Not it doesn't make a lot, but this is a good start because once you get your foot in the door, it's game on. Game on. There's another one in Texas. Okay, let's look at another place here. Let's let's go to uh, Google. Google is one of the best places you can you can search. And I'm going to show you why. So right here, we're going to say ITIL. ITIL jobs. If you put anything jobs, you come up with this little search thing that uh, check out this little chat GPT plugin I got. That's kind of dope, right? Anyway, that's a little uh, extension that you could put. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> so here we go. And it's, it's searching for my local area, but um, you can you can remove that, you can change that. Let's look for. Um, um jobs oh let's see location we gotta change that location is anywhere anywhere okay we selected that and then we want to say you can also do work from home if you wanted to but we want to say jobs that were posted in the last is very important because you don't want stuff that's too old more likely it's already gone within the last month and there's some jobs right there. Check it. Look at that. ITIL, 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 ITIL. Now, this is a mixed bag because there's there's a lot of like ITIL trainers and stuff in there. So it's not probably not a good keyword, to be honest with you. Let's say uh, you said you, you it was CompTIA A+, you said? Is that what you said? A+. So now we're going to search for A+. 
and see what jobs it comes up with. And um, let's make sure the jobs posted is still filtered because we don't want anything older. We don't want everything and we don't want anything in the last day because that's going to narrow it down too much. And then we want location. We want anywhere. Anywhere. This is not the best, but it's pretty good. Probably Dice is better than this. All Google d does is aggregate, pulls data from all over the place. And so sometimes you get false positives. You get stuff that doesn't have nothing to do with it. the job's already gone or something. So, but it's a good place to start. See, it's, it's mostly pulling like instructors and stuff, like experts and, you know, so that's not, okay, here you go. There's one right there. That's the kind of job you want right there. $20 an hour. Not the best, but you just want somewhere to start. So that's how I would recommend that if you have no experience, that's how you can search for it. That's how you can find it. Hope that helps. And just so you guys know, you you have to have the knowledge. Like nobody's exempt from the knowledge. Like there's you can find jobs with no experience, but you can't find a job that it's, it's going to be really hard to find a job with no knowledge of IT because you have to know something. So you got to do your own due diligence and actually, you know, and actually um, study and know this stuff. I feel like Vegas is bad for IT jobs. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Vegas was bad for IT jobs. Um, I would say I would say there's some IT jobs there. I wouldn't say it was the best for IT jobs, but I wouldn't say it was the, you know, like I wouldn't say it was bad necessarily, but I don't get a lot of, but you're right. I don't get a lot of job offers from there. The pl main places is anywhere in the East coast. I get some from Plano, Texas, Colorado, Southern California, many of the big cities mostly. And then every now and then something from Vegas, but you don't have to choose something that's in your local area. You could just, you could choose a flex job or I'm sorry, a hundred percent remote work from home job. Cause they have them. I've been searching for three months and most entry level positions are three to two years. Entry, entry levels is kind of a entry level doesn't mean no experience. It's different. Right. So that's why you got to search specifically for jobs with no experience. So you got to search for jobs with no experience, not just entry level. That's that's the, the difference. And then you, this is the way you word it on your on your profile, not just your resume. So the, the I tell people how to do the resume thing. But the, res the resume these days is really about your profile on LinkedIn, on Dice, on Monster. But if you have your resume tightened up, you, you basically are summing up all the keywords that you need in order to entice people to come to, to, to you, to find you. And then another thing you want to do is apply for these jobs. Find those jobs. The, my top one is Monster in this order. Monster, Dice. And then it's a toss up between LinkedIn and CareerBuild that, that I've gotten most of my job opportunities and offers. But you got to put yourself out there everywhere. Like if you're really searching, you want to put yourself everywhere, not just one place. And put as many keywords in there as possible. Somebody said, I want to pass the N plus, the security plus. Um, do you have any recommendations on books or YouTube videos? Um, Network Plus, which one are you going to do first? 
so the way that I do it is it's not the content's pretty much the same across the board. It depends on how you learn. Um, I would use a combination of audio learning, visual learning, and um, and of course books. Network Plus first. Okay, so what I would do the way I've done it is I'll take a book and just dissect it. I'll just get one book. It doesn't. You can get a nineteen dollar book from Barnes and, and Noble. Like you could just you know, or just get a, a book off of Amazon, wh whatever. Then what I'll do is I'll go through it and um, take all the key points out and I'll put it onto a, a um, my own notes. And then once I'm done with that whole book and I've got all my notes in there, I study my notes. And then uh, what I'll do once I know when I got a real good idea of the landscape of what what parts, what things are on the N plus or network plus or security plus, whatever. I know because I've, I've taken both those certifications, by the way. I've taken Security Plus twice because I had to pass the old one and the new one. So I and I used to teach Security Plus. I used to go around the country and teach it. So I know a little something about this topic. <laughs> so Network Plus. So not not a hard certification, not a hard certification. Um, anyway, so after you take your notes, you studied your notes. The last thing you want to do, and this is important, is go find a database of questions, right? I'm not telling you to do brain dumps, all right? Don't, I, I wouldn't, I'm not telling you to do that. You got to know the knowledge, all right? So I'm not telling you to do that, but what you need to do is go to a database of questions. Like sometimes people have all these fake questions that kind of are are in line with the, uh, the domains of Network Plus or Security Plus, and then you'll just take like a thousand, database of like 2,000, 3,000 questions and go through them over and over and over again. And um, once you do that a few times, it'll just be like, somebody said exam topics is the place to go. I don't know nothing about that, but I'm just reading what I'm seeing here. It could be a porn site for all I know. <laughs> exam topics. I'll, I'll check that one out. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Crypto. I appreciate that. Uh, cyber threat intelligence is looking for people from all backgrounds. Oh man, that's great. Can you tell us any more about this? Cyber threat intelligence is cyber threat intelligence is something I did in my last position. Man, I, I love that. It was so fun. So fun to do. Are you in cyber threat intelligence? I'm curious. CTI. Threat feeds uh, for analysts and threat hunting for senior folks. Yeah, so I, I did um, CTI at my last place. It was it was really really fun. So we had a tool that would go out and look into the dark web, where people will. So <laughs> this is crazy. So what happens is when when certain organizations get hacked and you hear about PlayStation Network getting hacked or something, what they'll do is. They'll grab a database of all the user and sometimes like real bad stuff like the passwords, the credentials of how people log in and stuff. It's really bad. It affects all of us. It's terrifying, actually. Then what they'll do is they'll they'll take a giant database of that and they'll put it on the Internet, something called the dark web, where it's hidden. Like it's, it's not like you got to really search for it. You got to have an anonymous way to get there. And it's like buried. But all the hackers criminal hackers know how to get there and then they'll buy it there's a marketplace so they're buying it and selling it off of people and so what we did was we had this tool that would go into the dark web 
find those databases for our client and then say, hey, you guys need to change these passwords. You know, you guys need to change these passwords. That was one of the things we did. Another thing is it would scour the Internet for any mentions of that organization's name or their URL. Because another thing people would do is something called typo squatting, whereas let's say your bank.55us.com is the name of your URL for that bank, right? But you can easily use something that's very close enough to where you can fool and make a, a replica site, but in the URL looks very much similar. So they're trying to trick people into putting in their username and password. And then they'll use that those credentials to scam people. So we would look for different things that organizations do to any says uh, info stealer, malware logs are real hot right now. Viter, uh, rac raccoon stealer. Oh, okay. Those are tools I didn't even know about. Like we use some other tools that were pretty cool, man. Like one was called um, Recorded Future. Wow, that thing was amazing. Those are called typo squatting domains. The exploit kits are automated on the threat actor side. Man, I, I like this dude. <laughs> this is a CTI guy's on here. Man, that's awesome. Oh, you worked for Recorded Future. Wow. What did you What did you think? I I thought their material was really great. It was my first first exposure to uh, to CTI, and I was blown away, man. I was blown. I I really liked it. I was like, wow, this is really. For a while, I was like, man, I want to do this. I want to shift gears into this career field because it was so, it was just so intriguing. It was so great. And there was some, there's so many other things you can do to uh, open source. There's a bunch of open source techniques you can use to find stuff from an organization to protect them or whatever. And, and then what's really terrifying is when you start doing it on yourself. <laughs> you take your real name and start looking for stuff. It's like, it's terrifying, man. It's terrifying. Um, you worked for Recorded Future. Um, it has serious mature. It has seriously matured in the last year. And yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome. When, I mean, I, I didn't do it like but two years ago or something like that. But I think a year and a half ago, man, that thing was that thing was great, man. It was so many layers to that. Um, it's one of the few. It's one of those tools that once I was in it, like it was so interesting there was you could just keep going for you can just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper into it it's really good that's a great career field great uh it's a great part of cybersecurity. if you guys didn't know so cyber threat intelligence is where basically what you're doing is you're looking for threats to your organization or to your client to see if if there's a way that they can they can better protect themselves from those threats that are out there you can't really destroy the threat. Like the threat can come from any different place. So you can't stop that. But what you can do is say, okay, they, they've compromised some of our emails. Let's change all the email username passwords. They, well, they've they've typo squatted us. Let's go to the host and see if the host can take down that that fake site that looks like our site. You know, there's there's things you can do to try to to mitigate the risk that you can do to reduce the risk to your organization. Thoughts on the Security Plus? Uh, come for work for us. We have lots of uh, roles. Uh, email me. <laughs> email me. How much work do you guys do? Is it a lot of work? Is it is it uh, 50 hours of work a week? How much? How much work is it? 
tell me truthfully, man. T just email me in um, contact at convocourses.com and tell me about the job. I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. I actually really enjoyed CTI. Um, let's see. Thoughts on Security Plus certification. I love the Security Plus. It's one of my favorite certifications. Um, it's it's like one of those mid-tour, mid-tier um, certifications that was really fun to do. And it was, and it's marketable. And it's not that expensive compared to some other certification stuff. It's It's just so much, for what you put into it, the work and the money and the effort and time, you're going to get so much more back. So have you ever worked in a Linux uh, support role? Sort of. So I, I did, um, I worked for a federal organization and we had a system that was on something called IRIX and we had to switch it to a new version of, of, uh, of Linux. So it, in effect, I became like a Red Hat Linux security guy. You know, because we had to figure out like how to secure this system using Linux. So I kind of did it, but not enough to like say I'm a Linux expert or anything. I have a Linux Plus, but I'm ashamed to say I'm ashamed to say that I have a Linux Plus. <laughs> but yeah, sort of. I mean, I know the command line a little bit. I mean, I can work my way around the Linux, but I wouldn't say I was a Linux journeyman or anything. Uh, what? Would you major in at college if you want to pursue a cybersecurity? So cybersecurity, surprisingly enough, most positions don't require that you have a cybersecurity degree, right? So all you experts, correct me if I'm wrong, but most organizations, they just want you to have, really the experience is king, all right? They really want you to have experience. But if you have limited or no experience, then... Um, a degree kind of comes in as a as a distant second. And so degrees that they're looking for, if you don't have any experience, would be an IT degree or a computer science degree or a cybersecurity degree. Any of those would, would work. If you have no experience, it's going to help you a little bit. Um, you don't have to have a, a cybersecurity degree, but it will help you better get an internship if you're in college and you get a cybersecurity degree. It will help you with an apprenticeship or with a internship or something like that. But that said, you don't have to have a cybersecurity uh, degree in order to get those apprenticeships. What they're really looking for in the field is a STEM, any kind of STEM degree and experience. So that STEM means science, technology, engineering, mathematics, one of those, and experience. If you have those two things, you should be able to get not, not only get your foot in the door, but start to level up quicker. Are you familiar with security blue team uh, courses? I know what it what what it is, but I I don't know off the top of my head. I couldn't recommend a blue team uh, course for you. You know, I I'm just I just I couldn't re I don't know of any that I would say yeah take that one. You know, um, do you code? Very little. I'm not my job doesn't require it. Um, I think I do some reg x sometimes, uh, but I really that's just me googling. Like I'll have to do some regex for like, uh, I don't know, Splunk or something or every now and just comes up and then I'm like, damn, how do I, okay, how do I parse this data like this? And I'll just go on Google and be like, <laughs> no, I can't code. 
I can't code. And then anytime I have code before, like I made my own app, right? I, I always mention it so you guys know I'm all proud of it and stuff, but it really wasn't nothing to be proud of. It was it was like you ever seen those baking contests and then the person bakes a cake and it's like a hideous monster <laughs> and it's funny. That's how my code looks. It's horrible. I'm not, it's not good at code. I'm just not good at it. Do I know how to code? I would say no. Um, I know how to use Google and I know how to use now chat GPT to tell me what to write or what to copy. <laughs> Even when I quote unquote created my own code, all I did was I went to uh, GitHub and I would say, okay, I know I need to know how to make the format for a phone that's this size. And then I go and Google it and be like, okay, so there's difference between this size, this size, and this is how I put the code in Swift. And then I'm just like, I'm basically just hacking my way through through some stuff. And then at the end, I have this monster that 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 barely works and looks ugly. So no, I don't know how to code. Um, do you think it's better to do government contracting jobs? Um, no, it really depends on what you're trying to do, to be honest with you. Um, contracting jobs are not for everybody. Contracting government jobs, not for everybody. Just what you, what you got to do is focus on, um, matching your skill set, whatever that might be with the appropriate organization. And that might not be, excuse me, that might not be a contracting government contracting job. It might be, might be a local mom and pop store that has a budget to pay you to hook up their Wi-Fi and put their firewall up. You know, it might be a mid-tier organization that works for banks or hospitals or something. Um, what you want to do, what I'm teaching people to do is not necessarily be like me and work for the government. I don't think that, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of overrated. Um, what you want to do is put your skills in your all of dump all of your keywords and your skills into a resume and um, put it on a profile and market yourself. That means put yourself everywhere. And then what happens is they will find you and it won't necessarily be a government contractor. So don't focus on like, got to take, take the blinders off, right? Be open-minded. You might be perfect for a position as a, a, a compliance person in a hospital, right? And it pays really good. And then get in where you fit in. Don't try to be a Linux hacker or a coder because it's a cool thing to do. There's so many other things that you can do. And I'm here to tell you, like, there's if you are a math whiz, you don't necessarily want to just do cybersecurity. You might want to try uh, cryptography, which is a part of cybersecurity. If you happen to be very good at managing people and projects, but you're not very technical, you can do project management, which makes six figures, by the way. You have to know Gantt charts. You got to know when um, MS projects, maybe Agile, Jira, and all this sounds like might sound like you don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Go learn it. Go go on Google and type in what I'm saying. This is stuff you can literally learn on your own. This is it's not magic. There's something here for everybody is what I'm trying to say. There's there's different levels and layers to this. If you happen to be super good at math, there's something for you. If you happen to be super good at logic, there's something for you. If you happen to be very clever at hacking, there's something for you. If you're not none of that stuff and you're just like a really good at talking to people, there's something for you in, in cybersecurity. There's, there's a lane for you. Uh, will AI take over cybersecurity? Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff on ChatGPT when I'm when I'm off of this thing. I'm all over that thing. I'm learning so many things. 
it's blowing my mind. It's definitely going to change humanity fundamentally. Um, I don't think that AI will take over cybersecurity jobs, but I think that people who know AI and have a cybersecurity background will take jobs from people who don't know AI. I don't think AI itself is in a place yet because you'd have to have the infrastructure in order for it to quote unquote take over. You'd have to be able to trust it with all your data to to figure out how to secure that data and then to secure it, the data your, itself. For that, you'd have to change your whole structure and then you'd have to do a bunch of auditing and, and, and assessments to figure to make sure that there's no there's no vulnerabilities in that process. So this is going to take probably a better part of a decade, I would say, for it to take over cybersecurity jobs. That being said, eventually it will. But right now, um, AI itself needs cybersecurity. That's what I'm saying. So right now, AI um, is it's an incredible tool in what I could see happening, that I could see happening already is that we're going to get as dependent on it as you are with your phone with your phone. Can you imagine going through a day without your phone? And if you can say, "Oh yeah, Bruce, I can be without my phone." Okay, try to unlock your Gmail without your phone. You know what I'm saying? Try to go drive to another state without your phone. Try to do anything without your phone and the internet. I think that AI this this black mirror right here uh, is gonna we're gonna be as dependent as we are on this black mirror on AI. It's somebody said that's scary. It's scary because it's gonna fundamentally change humanity. And I don't know what that looks like for me. Like it's it's like we're focused on jobs, but really it's gonna change our brain. It's gonna change who we are as a species, and we gotta have to deal with it. That's what's to me, that's what's scary. I can and then the biggest thing is that we it's going to become so powerful and I, it's not ai i'm worried about as humans we're 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 like children and we're being given something that's ultra powerful and and chat tbt is just the beginning it's just the beginning it's it's just the beginning of of something that's going to oh man I, there's so many things it can do and think about it like this at some point, ChatGPT 7, ChatGPT 8, 9, 10 is going to, right now there's an arms race happening. Okay, just, just hear me out. Hear out the scenario. This is freaking mind-blowing and it's terrifying. Right now, right now, there's an arms race going on who can make the best AI. Google is coming out with BARD. Microsoft already imp implemented uh, ChatGPT 4. I've been messing with it. It's incredible. Um, there's other organizations who are making competitors to ChatGPT, and there's one called Alpaca something or other, Alpha Alpaca, Stanford Alpaca or something like that. And this one can run on your computer. Like you can literally take the source code, install it on your computer with, well, I think it, it does need like a graphics card, a high-level graphics card because it's very into, then you can train it with your own data, you can take your own data set. It will learn what, about your organization, about your all data, whatever data you give it. Right? A, chunky, a trucking company that has logistics, you could give it to it and it'll know everything about your trucking company, everything about your, your 
how the routes of the trucks, the and then you have your own chat GPT that's trained on your data. That just came out. That system came out. A system that can do what I just said came out like two days ago. They just released it. This is all happening in real time. And in China, Baidu in China is all, you know, all China rolls. They don't give a damn. So China's already got their own version. It's based on ChatGPT that does Chinese. There's an arms race happening for AI. And it, now it's going to get smarter and smarter and smarter. And did you see that ChatGPT 4 is eventually is going to be able to take images, images, and I think video. So you'll be able to feed it images and video, and then it'll be able to look at that video or whatever that you give it, and it'll be able to make determinations off of that. That's not even the scary part. So the scary part is eventually it's going to get so smart that it will be able to make its own AI. It's already smarter than most humans. Um. So eventually it's going to be smarter than all humans combined. <laughs> That's happening. That part hasn't happened yet, but it will. So it's eventually going to be smart. Imagine if an AI, you said you took us AI that's smarter than most humans, right? And you said, okay, AI, I want you to create an, inc I want you to create an AI that's smarter than you. And then that AI is so much smarter than us that we don't understand it. And that AI might be more, well, it'll have more computing power. It might be more conscious than us. Conscious, not conscious in like, I don't know what is consciousness. We don't even know. Anyway, you take that one that's so much smarter than us. We're like, we're like dogs to it. And we can't understand anything it, like it's beyond it's so smart we don't even know smart enough questions to ask it. We're asking it basic stuff like, oh, could you create uh could you create a space station for us? Let's like, yeah, like here's how you do it. Boom. You know, it gives you all the schematics. Here's let, let's make a new material that's that's better for space. Let's, you know, that's child's play to this thing. Cause we're like dogs to this thing. Then you tell that one, you wouldn't even have to tell it because it would already know how to do this. Make something smarter than itself and then that thing is so much smarter than the last two iterations that we're like ants to this thing and at that point i don't know like at that point what like what what are you gonna do and then <laughs> it's called the singularity the technical singularity i read this book from uh, ray kurzweil called the the singularity really good book and it's talking about exactly what i'm talking about and uh, the singularity is a concept in mathematics and um, in astro um, in um, astrophysics about black holes, where the the black the the singularity is what's inside the black hole, and we don't the science that they have that we the human beings have developed can't predict what's inside of a black hole. Like it's beyond our understanding. We don't have math. We don't have language for it. It's beyond our completely beyond our understanding. Whatever inside of the black hole, the singularity for tech, the technical singularity is something that's so beyond human understanding that we can't we can't comprehend it. And so that right there is where we're going. And Ray Kurzweil in his book Singularity, 
The singularity is near. That's what it's called. In that book, he says that it's going to come. The singularity will come by. I think he said 2025, 20, 2025, 2020, 2045. And so what's crazy about where Ray Kurzweil is he's a, he's a genius. Like this dude, he he's like 70 years old now. But the this is the dude who I believe. Have you ever heard of the Kurzweil keyboard? He created that. Have you ever heard? Have you seen? Of course, you've seen it. Um, those cart, those readers like you could take it. You can run it across some text and it'll read for you. He created that. He created several patents and inventions at, at age 17. He's a genius. And then he also was on the board of Google and several other large words. He's just a brilliant, brilliant man. Like he's an uncommonly brilliant person. And um, this dude made several predictions in that book that have come true. And I mean, the stuff he's saying in the book doesn't even sound real, but some of it has happened. <sighs> I don't know. I think I think that it's going to fundamentally change who we are. And uh, there's this crazy dude who uh, this is another terrifying gives me goose pimples to even think about it. So there's this dude. I don't know if you remember this guy, but he was he was a serial killer and he killed several people all over the United States. And uh, his name was he was a Unabomber is what they call him. And uh, they they caught him after like 20, 25 years, right? And uh, nobody knew who he was, and they finally found him in in the middle of nowhere in Montana. But before before they caught him, check this out. He was bombing so that people so that the newspapers would publish a paper he wrote, and it was it was about technology taking over humanity. Right. And it sounds crazy. Right. Like he's just he's killing people so that people can read his paper. Uh, and uh, no, he, somebody said, what's the name of that book? This what this is going to blow your mind. So it's called um, some kind of manifesto he put out. So uh, it was published in the San Francisco Chronicles. So the dude's name was Ted Kaczynski. Turns out the guy was. He, he's, he's a mathematical genius that taught at either Stanford or Berkeley or both. And uh, he, while he was teaching, he kind of lost it. And he came up with this thesis that humanity has to stop using technology. And um, it kind of drove him crazy. They called him the Unabomber because he would bomb universities, airports, and something else. He would, he would bomb the infrastructure and he was trying all he was trying to do is get um, not all he was trying to do. I'm not sympathizing with this freaking crazy bastard. But what I'm, what I'm saying is. Oh, man, it's terrifying. So the stuff he's that he says in the books, basically humanity is is too dependent on technology and eventually technology will take over humanity. That's what he's saying in the manifesto. Um. But some of it's kind of off the rails, like a lot, like you read it and it's like, whoa, what the hell is he talking about? Anyway, so yeah, that's that's another one. Ted Kaczynski, look that guy up. The name was uh, the name of the singularity book. Oh, it's by a man named Ray Kurzweiler, uh, Ray Kurzweil, and the name is The Singularity is Near. That's the name of the book. Great book. 
Very interesting read. He has a very positive look on uh, on AI. It's just alarming how the the amount of transformation that's about to happen in our lifetime that we're witnessing right now is um, is going to drive up some people crazy. I think there'll be more Ted Kaczynski's because they're going to see. I don't think humanity is ready for the level of change. Our our brains can't comprehend that kind of change. And he, he has a concept in there called uh, the law of accelerating returns. And uh, what he means is that technology is not going in a straight line up like this. It's going to go like this. It's going to go exponential straight up. So the we're right now we're in that little we're in the little curve right before it's gonna we're about to go somewhere else like humanity's about to change fundamentally and nobody is people are not ready for this like right now we argue about the war in Russia we're we're arguing amongst each other about bathrooms for LGBTQ people and so people are so bent out of shape about transgender people. Or about who who it, what it means to be a woman or a man or humanity or money or all that stuff. The stuff that's about to happen, people that are not ready for, and it's going to be so. The change is going to happen so rapidly, and it's going to be so. It's going to terrify the hell out of people. It's unlike anything that's happened thus far. We're we're about it's about to happen. Get ready. It's about to happen. You're about to see change like every monument. There'll be 15 chat GPTs in a week. That's what that's what's about to happen. And each one better than the last. The singularity is near. The singularity is near. And eventually what Ray says is upon us. Is that what it's called? Yeah, singularity is near. That's That's the name of the book. Great, great book. Great book. And he's got an audio book. Let me show you guys. I tried to read another book he wrote about him, uh, creation of AI, but it was, it was, man, I couldn't un understand it. <laughs> yeah, here's the book right here. I couldn't understand it. His other book. It's called like how to do an AI brain or something. I don't know. I was like, what the hell am I reading? Yep, this is it. The Singularity is Near. Great, great book. He has another one called The Age of Spiritual Machines. And you can listen to it on, here he is right here. Brilliant, brilliant man. Brilliant. Age of Spiritual Machines. That one's good. I don't think I read that one. I think I started reading this one, went straight to his other ones. How to Create a Mind. That's the one I read that I was like, what the hell? I couldn't understand it at all. Um, yeah, couldn't get through how to create a mind, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, what's about to happen real soon. It's, it's very, it's a terrifying time to be in, but it's also fascinating because we're about to see the thing about AI is that it's going to allow people to make things that we, hum, the normal humans could not have conceived of in a hundred years. It's going to be able to do it. In months. Yeah. Uh, somebody said home labs. Take what you learn from studying security plus set up documents. Set up and document what you did. 
How do you gain experience to show it? Just tell them that you're aware of concepts. Okay, somebody's answering all the questions for me because <laughs> I went on a, on, a, on an AI tangent. Um, somebody says, will a Security Plus be enough for a job? And then somebody said, no, Security Plus is not enough. I know I have it. Um, um, what wh You need to start documenting projects, things you've done in home labs, anything related. Okay. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, this person, Justin, has the right idea. Um, go to Hack the Box, document it. Okay, so how, how could you, if you just have a Security Plus, what can you do? So you, you projects work. Um, you want to get experience. So if you are in school, volunteer with your school. That's one thing you can do if you go to church, volunteer at your church to help them out with their Wi-Fi or something like that. If you go to um, any kind of volunteer work you can do, any kind of freelance work you can do doing cybersecurity, free or not, get that experience. Set up labs. Uh, a lab will help you to do things like download Qualys. Like if you download something like a Qualys or something like um, – thanks for that gift, by the way. You download something like Qualys, which is a scanner, a vulnerability scanner, or you can also do a um, uh, um, tenable scanner, and you can do things like Wireshark. You can do like you basically use the tools, and then that way you'll be able to put that on your resume, right? You want as many keywords as you can, and then what you want to do is put all that stuff on your resume. It, the purpose is not the the resume itself is not the purpose. The end goal is not the resume, right? That's just a means to an end. Then what you want to do is take all of your labs, all of your all your experience, all your keywords and put those on your profile on LinkedIn. Don't stop there. Completely fill out your LinkedIn as much as possible. OK, with as many keywords and skills and everything you can put on there. Then you want to do Dice, Monster, Indeed. You're getting the idea. Like I've been saying the same thing over and over again. That's what you need to put in on all. If you don't have a job. Make it your job to put find new security places and put it on there as many places as possible. Then people will start to find you. And then what you want to do is actually apply. Be not only passive, but be active. Go and start applying for a bunch of jobs and putting them out there. Putting applying for those jobs. Now, don't, you know, if you don't have experience, like you're gonna be starting off like making not that much money per hour, right? But that's the name of the game. You probably won't. It's going to be much, much harder for you to get a remote job. It's going to be it's it's, it's going to be difficult in the beginning. So. Dice as in dice. Yes. Dice.com. Common spelling. D.I.C.E. dot com. And then that's one of the top sites that you can go to uh, for for technical jobs. I have a laptop with eight gigabytes of RAM. Eight gigabytes of RAM. Yeah, you could still you can do hack the box. Like hack the box doesn't require you to install anything. Um, that's one thing you could do. You could also you could do, but there's a bunch of cloud technology that you can do. Actually, with ChatGPT, you can actually emulate certain environments in ChatGPT to learn command line interface. If it, it can virtualize um, the command line interface with with uh, Mac OS 
Linux, Windows, CMD. It can do Palo Alto firewalls. It can. <laughs> it, it's it's ridiculous how much stuff it can do. So you can do you can do that stuff and learn command line, um, and crack open a book if you're serious. Do you feel? How do you feel about CISA jobs? Do you mean the CISA certification, or do you mean say CISA.gov? How do you feel about CISA jobs? CISA jobs. .gov. Oh, okay. Um, well, a lot of a lot of the source material for the government comes from CISA.gov. Um, so CISA is is no joke. Um, as far as the stuff that they put out, CISA.gov is the is the main source of like vulnerabilities um threat detection news i mean like lots of federal organizations use it now i've never worked directly for the cisa but i've worked with them indirectly many times because a lot of times that we have to you know we have as if you're working for the government at some point you got to use their tools their resources and all that kind of stuff so i'm actually looking at the site right now by the way um, do they have jobs? Do you have a job? Did you get an offer from them or something? That's not a bad thing to put on your resume. I'll tell you that much. Um, the pay is not that much, but I need to, I just need experience. Yep. Get that experience first. Get that experience under your belt. Actually, once you get experience, that job that you work for might even um, might even uh, uh, up your rate. Pay you more, give you a, a higher paying position. Let me see. Somebody said, I'm a certified Salesforce admin, AWS uh, architect. I'm in business analyst for Shell. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> My man's getting paid. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Salesforce, AWS stuff. That's no joke right there, man. That is awesome. Um, I think that is about it. Unless I, I'm sure I missed some questions here. Let me see. Okay, here's another one. So I work business development for a cybersecurity company. What search should I go for, go after? Um, do you have a Security Plus? First thing popped in my head, Security Plus. And how much, actually, how, what's your background and uh, what's your technical background? Business development. You've done business development. So, like, what is your, like, what do you, do you have any hands-on on the keyboard? Have you, have you troubleshot computers? Have you, do you look at the network at all? Like what, what kind of technical background, how much do you know about IT is a, is a better question. I would have to know technical background, heavy sales. Okay. 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 I bet. Let me back up then. If you have no technical background, I let you, you got, you have to develop the, you got to have to read through the common body of knowledge, right? It's just like your job in sales. Like at some point a person has got to crack open a book and 
or do they have to do they have to eat that dog food you know what i mean like you have to <laughs> you got to start from somewhere and with cybersecurity you're going to have to start with basic information technology and so what i would recommend you do is start with um a comptia a plus if you have no technical skills no technical background i would start there and the only reason and I'm not telling you to get the certifications necessarily at this point, what you need to develop is the skills. I mean, is the knowledge like you need to know, like how it works. And CompTIA, the CompTIA A plus was my first certification. So let me show you what I mean. So CompTIA, CompTIA A plus certification. Certification. It's got a good. The this the common body of knowledge that you have to learn. Yeah, as somebody said it's it's you have to pass two different certifications. There's a hardware and there's a software. And somebody said Professor Messer is a is good on YouTube and he also has a, a Udemy. And I would also recommend just buying a book and then dissecting the book. That's the, my best way of learning. So I'm a little bit biased, but it depends on how how you learn. So it's been in, been in the industry for years, so I'm learning as I go. That's awesome, man. What's great is you'll be able to put some of the stuff that you already have on your resume. Like you'll be able to put the the uh, whatever organization is you're based on is actually going to be a key word. And you having to work with those guys. But anyway, here's here's the CompTIA A+. And let me just – I want to show you like why it's good. And I'm looking for the, the stuff that they're going to teach you here um they're going to teach you about cloud stuff here it is right here so check this out this is the common body of knowledge you need to know like basic basic stuff that you need to know hardware operating systems how they work together where how you troubleshoot those things uh networking mobile devices uh virtual virtualization and this is broken up into two different certifications. One's a hardware one and one's a software one. And the, the thing you want to walk away with is the actual knowledge of, uh, of how these things work. And at this point, since you, you have no technical background, it wouldn't be a bad idea to go ahead and take the certification. But what you really need is just a, a real sound foundation. Then from there, I would suggest going to Security Plus. Security Plus is one of the best entry level certifications for security on the market. I was I would I would argue the the best for now. You know, there's a, there's a couple other ones that are contenders, but right now, right now, as of 2023, uh, Security Plus is the best is is the best entry level certifications. So that's why I would make, recommend. Hope that helps you. Let me know if it works. Just got the A plus. I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, you got to get those labs in there. You got to get that uh, muscle memory going. You know, after a while, it just starts to you just start to understand what's going on. And a, a another thing that I noticed is that IT and cybersecurity is such a broad field that what will happen is you'll just find a niche and you'll just get really smart at that one thing. And that's kind of where you want to get to. And for me, that's been compliance. Like I just got really, really good at cybersecurity compliance portion. But there's many other things that I've done, but I just wasn't very, I wasn't as good at those things like network engineering. I did that for a while. 
I mean, I was okay at it, but I wasn't the best. You know, I wasn't. I was better than my software skills are really bad. Um, I tried that before. It was I just not good at it. <laughs> um, another one that I'm not good at is crypto analyst, crypto cryptography stuff. I mean, I just I can't keep up with it. Um, you just find certain you'll find a niche and you'll just you'll just something will click and you'll just understand it. I just turned 18 and I'm I'm going to uh, Valencia College for an associate's degree in computer science for two years for for two years, then WGU. Awesome. That's awesome. The only thing I would say, like my advice to you is as you're going through college, get experience. Because you you notice, like, I don't know if, how long you've been on this live, but a lot of people are saying, oh, I got an A plus, but I can't get a job or hey, I, you know, I have I have this or that. I can't get a job. It's because experience is what they hide. Experience is king. It goes experience, then a degree, then a certification. You got to find a way to get that experience, whether you're doing projects in school. Those are things you could put on your resume. I would if I was in school right now, I'll tell you what, what I would do is I would just go ahead and do my resume right now. Right now, I would turn off this thing and I'd go straight to LinkedIn and start developing. Uh, you want to probably write your resume first because it's going to be easier to fill out your whole. You have to do this like a half a dozen times. So it's better to just do a, a resume, a full blown resume. If you, if you don't know how to do a resume, you can actually download my resume for free. My resume is for free. Go to convocourses.net, link in description, link in bio, and then go there, download my resume for free. And then it'll give you an example of how a real cybersecurity person's degree of certification is supposed to look. Ignore CISSP, ignore bachelor's degree, ignore 20 years of experience. That's not what I want you to look at. It's not for me to brag. It's for me. It's for you to see the structure of how it's supposed to look. And that and then the structure of how the bullet statements are supposed to look, the structure of the impact that I had on the organization, things like that is what you want to look at. Put together your own resume with what you have right now. And then you want to take that, all your skills, your you pursuing your degree in your, in Valencia College, and then upload that into Indeed, Dice, Monster, everything else you can think of. Put, a, put your resume and then update it as you go. When you're at school, and you're doing a project and you're helping the class, the auditorium set up their Wi-Fi or something, volunteer for stuff like that. You can put that on your resume. You can say uh, you could list it as Valencia College as the place you worked at. And you could put uh, IT volunteer and then you could put <laughs> the year that I'm serious. And then you could put um, set up 15 um, access points for a router at Valencia College Auditorium servicing 1,500 students for the past two years or something. I don't know. I'm just coming up with stuff off the top of my head. But you want to put that on your resume. Then what will happen eventually is somebody's going to contact you. Jobs are going to contact you. And you'll be able to apply directly for internships and, and, uh, and apprenticeships. That's what I would do if I was in school. If I was 18 years old, going to, knowing what I know now, that's that's how you do it. That way you might even be able to get a job before you even get out. You might even get a job so good that you don't want to continue. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that you already started. So 
you you might you never know though. Where do I start for hands-on skills? Cause I got a security plus and about to graduate for a, a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity. Everything I just said applies to you too. Everything I just said. Volunteer at your college. Volunteer. Do projects on your. You can list projects on your resume. Um, they want to see what skills, what you can do, right? Because they, when whenever you work for an organization, they want to see you hit the ground running on some something. You're trying. You are the solution to whatever problem that they have in their organization. That might be somebody who knows ServiceNow. That might be somebody who can figure out their cloud technology. That might be somebody who knows how to run run Qualys, uh, a scan for Qualys. That might be somebody who can do uh, Tenable. And those skills you want to put on there. But another thing you want to do when you go to the interview, if you ever if you ever land an interview, or if you, even on your resume, you want to let them know that you are excited about this technology and excited to learn. Because a lot of times, whenever I've done interviews, I'm just as interested in the person's uh, skills that they already know uh, as I am their willingness to learn. If the person is willing to learn, because you'd be surprised how many people you get in and they don't even care. They don't care about your organization. I mean, most people don't care. But the thing is, are you willing to do the work? You don't have to care. Like, are you willing to do the work? And that's what I want to know as an employer. You know, are you excited enough to this going to get you through the day to do the work and help out our team? Are you a team player? Can you deal with difficult customers? Like they want a mature, emotionally intelligent person that's going to be able to handle the the stress of the job that, that sometimes happens. Uh, let me see. Somebody said in college, I would work as a network engineer assistant. Wow. Would reset the the network switches and replace old ones. Holy crap. Oh, this is what you did? So listen to this is, wow, this is what I'm talking about. So this dude said in college, he would work as a network engineering assistant, which you can then put on your resume. And you could explain that you switched out several end of life, end of support, Cisco 2500 routers and switched them in with Juniper 5500 routers. Um, improving the network quality by 15% or whatever, right? You want to put those numbers in there to show the impact that you did to the organization. So that's the kind of stuff that you can, that you can put on there. Just call me solo says, guys, make sure y'all know how to, how networking uh, works before getting into an information system security officer position. That's a great point. Uh, there's there's a few fundamental things that you need to know. I would say there's a few different fundamental things you need to know as a cybersecurity person. And one of them is networking. Um, fundamentals, how IPs work, um, what is a subnet mask? You don't, probably don't need to know how to do a subnet mask, but what is it? Um, what is a gateway IP? What are private IPs versus public IPs? That's basic networking stuff. What is the difference between a WAN and a LAN? How's a fire? Like, where do you put a firewall? What's a DMZ? What these are basic, basic networking things that you need to know. Another basic thing you need to know these days is cloud technology. What is a what is a um, what are the different types of pl cloud platforms? 
Um, what are the the biggest players in cloud? Um, what uh, what kind of security issues that you have do you have in cloud? Base real basic stuff. You don't need to have to set up a the cloud itself, but as a security guy, you got to have have to know some something about it. Um, another basic thing that you need to know is that's very helpful is command line interface. Command line interface is um, the back end of if you ever done a ping command before, um, where you have to go in. You, you your network is down. You got to figure out if the network works. Like when you open up that black uh, space that comes in and you got to type in ping space google.com or whatever, and it sends out that little ping. Let me see if I can do a demonstration of it real quick. The command line interface is also very important. Like it, it was very helpful for you to know that. Um, give me a command line interface. Um, Windows. Let me see if I can see if I can bring up a little prompt here. Probably not in Google.com. No. Okay, I can't do it. It's not not looking like it. Okay, I just have to do it on my local computer. CMD, basic, basic stuff that you need to know as a cybersecurity person is what I'm bringing up here. So this is a, okay, hold on, let me, uh, I was trying to do it on uh, chat GPT, but it, it doesn't, I don't know, how, I can't remember how I did it before. <laughs> I've done it before on chat GPT. But uh, here's here's what I mean by command, the, the actual uh, command line interface. Basic stuff like what what happens is if you're ever working on a router or some of the back end of some of these systems, not all of them have a, a a GUI, a graphical user interface. Some of them look like this. And if you are learning this from scratch, if you're doing this stuff from scratch, you you need to be uh, just basic commands, you know, like. Uh, uh, I don't know, a directory. Like what? What is your directory? Stuff like that. Just basic, basic stuff that you need to know. Not not anything too complex. You don't even have to necessarily know how to script or anything. Script is where you like write a program in command line interface. Um, you need to know how to change directories, navigate inside of a command line, command line interface. And the reason why I say that is because no matter what system that you're on, whether it's a Linux system or a, a, a Mac OS. Or if it's the back end of a server or a client, or if it's if it's software debugging or whatever that you have to touch at some point, it's gonna have a command line interface. So the more comfortable you are with the command line interface, the 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 better. Yeah, you can use PowerShell, which is a scripting type thing. Um uh, let me see here. All right, guys, I think that that's that's about it. I've been talking for like two hours. <laughs> um, I appreciate everybody who who's joined me. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, the the amount of people I've got contacting me is is incredible. If you are interested in learning more about this stuff, you can't get enough of it. 
you like my teaching style, you want to join the conversation, go to ConvoCourses.net. I've got free downloadables. I've got all kinds of resources that you can get. Huge discounts right now for the first few people that get in there. So take advantage of it. Before you go, somebody said, I have a question. Okay, what's your question? Um, yeah, but if you if you want to join the conversation, convo course is about our conversation here. Um, you can join me on on um, on TikTok. You can while it still lasts. Um, you can join me on um, Discord, and we can have a conversation. Somebody said I'm going to school for cybersecurity, and I'm afraid that I will uh, I will fail. You're going to school for cybersecurity. Are you going to college or? Or um, or what? So let me tell you something I always tell my kids. You only fail if you quit. You have to fail forward. And the only way to get to success is to fail. It's the only way to get to success. So don't be afraid to fail. That doesn't define who you are. It is what you do after that matters. That's exactly what I'm talking about that Justin just said. You only fail if you quit. Don't ever quit. University. Yeah, no, no problem. So listen, you only fail if you quit. Don't ever quit. And if you want to be successful, you got to fail over and over and over again in order to make it. Anybody you see that's already made it, anybody you see who is um, doing their thing, usually they failed hundreds of times before they made it. And here's another mind-blowing thing I've learned in life is that it it's not really about talent. I've met so many people who are way smarter than me who are just not willing to take action. You got to be willing to take action, which means you can't be afraid to fail. It's not about your talent. It's about your work ethic and your willingness to keep going forward in the face of failure. And it's what you do after you fall down. You, did you get back up? Do you keep going? It doesn't. Panicking is not going to help you. And everybody has fear. You just got to keep going forward. And if you can do that, you'll be successful in whatever you want to do in this life. It's it's a rare person who can just keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up because they believe in what they're doing. So you only fail if you quit. So that's it, guys. Talk to you guys later. Um, I will try to do one of these tomorrow. I'm not going to make any promises, but thank you guys so much for watching.